0: How are you guys doing this morning? Yeah, cool. Is everybody enjoying that cool weather? Yeah, okay, cool. I'm glad you are. I don't know about you, but like cool weather just puts me in a good mood. You know what I mean? So, hey, if I've never had the great opportunity to meet you, my name is John Wesley. Me and my beautiful uh, bride, Samantha, are the youth pastors here at our ARAB campus. And we have a great opportunity coming up that we just heard about. So if you do have students, please bring them. Let me hang out with them for the weekend. Take the weekend off. Right, So if you got a 6th grader or a 12th grader, please bring them. Let us, let us love on them. Let us feed them. It only costs you $30. bucks. they are going to walk away with a hoodie and some cool stuff. But I love at the end, if you caught the end, they're going to learn how to fight this life with Jesus. Now, we are launching, last week we launched 40 Days of Community, and we did that this past Wednesday too. But I thought that was a very cool line that they put in that script for me to say, was that they're going to learn to walk this life and fight this life with Jesus and with the team Of people rooting them on and that's what we're really going to focus about today so we're going to continue our 40 days of community and our big topic today is just reaching out together everybody say reaching out together together. now I don't know about you but that sounds a little more powerful when there's a bunch of people saying that instead of just you right like if I was to get Stephen to scream that over there everybody over here would just hear everybody over there would might not really understand what he was saying but there's a -a 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 little bit of power when we talk about being together right so, if you do have your Bibles, we're going to go to Philippians chapter 1, verse 5. And it reads like this. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ. For the time you first heard it until now. Now, Paul was speaking to the Philippians saying that we have been partners about spreading the good news. Now, we said this last week. When the church gets stronger, the community gets better. When the church gets stronger, the community gets better. That means that when me and you get along, the community's better. That means when me and you are growing together, not just physically you know, and mentally, but we're growing together spiritually, the community gets better. Now, internal health enlarges our external reach. That changes the world for the glory of God. That means the healthier that we are within our body, not your physical body, the body of Christ... That means the larger the reach that we have. I don't know about you, but when we hear stories about like that mission trip that's going to come back from New Orleans, whether it's in New Orleans or whether they go to uh, Florida or whether they go to California or whether they go to China, when they come back, that that's because we were healthy enough to send people for a larger reach. And that's what God wants us to do. That's what community really means, guys, is that we can have a larger reach. Now, the power of partnership is where we are better together everybody say partnership Partnership. now say it with your chest say partnership Partnership. oh yeah cool i saw some grandparents get involved that was cool (laughs) what i love about partnership guys especially paul because he's talking about it here and we're going to read just a little bit later in that chapter in verse 27 that's where we're going to go next what i love about what paul was saying was since you first heard it you've been partners with me about spreading the word of god that means all the pressure that you feel right when you first become a believer or really get on fire for God, that means that you get to do it with people. It's not just all on you. It's not all on Pastor Keith's shoulders. It's not all on my shoulders. It's not all on Stephen and Jennifer's shoulders. It's not on our kids' ministers. It's, not, it's on our shoulders. So you can take a deep breath and go, you know what? People's going to be right there with me and we're going to be able to do this. It's not all on my own. Now, Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Above all, you must, live in, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news of Christ. Then, whether I come to see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one another in spirit, with one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Now, our first point is this. We reach out together by standing together united is the key to reach our community unity is the key to reach our community okay guys unity do you guys know what unity is that means when you get a lot of people together with one vision with one purpose doing something to accomplish something so think about this guys the whole church around the world if they're in our time zone they're having church right now but there will be churches that will go on for the next five hours all the way across the United States. And as the capital C church, we, as w- if we're partnered with them in one spirit, with one purpose, pushing the faith of Jesus Christ, we are partners with them and we don't even know them. How cool is that? That the love of Jesus Christ, the communication of Jesus, whether it's through song or loving on kids or parking cars or hearing a cool message or watching a really weird random video of a youth pastor try to get your students to want to come, whatever it may be, the love of Jesus is being spread. And that's what it looks like and that's what it means to be in unity. That's the key. Now, Psalms 133 verse 1 through 3 says this, Behold, how good and how pleasant is it, For brethren to dwell together in unity. Now, let's remember, unity is not conforming, it's harmony. It's not conforming to the patterns of the world, it's harmony within. Because I think a lot of times we get kind of a little bit confused and a little frustrated right there. Because we're thinking, well, we got to do exactly what they're doing, we got to do this. What I love about what Pastor Keith says is that each church has their own identity. Think about that, guys. The identity of the toe is not the same identity as the finger. Right? Praise God we're not toes in this room because we'd be shoved in a sock and that'd be a really bad day. But I think a lot of times, sometimes we just need to have harmony. Because sometimes if we just pause and realize that harmony means that we can go further faster. We don't want to get caught up in the things that the enemy is trying to pull us apart. Now let's read on in that scripture. So, it is like the oil upon the beard running down... On the, it is like the oil upon the head, excuse me, running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hernan descending upon the mountain of Zion, for the Lord commands the blessing, life forevermore. Now, I want you to imagine that we're a bunch of oil. I know that's a weird little thought, but we're a bunch of oil. But it, the oil looks different when it's running through the beard, when it touches the garment, Right? So God's got multiple pieces of his body in multiple parts, and we're all going to look different. I don't know about you, but if we had a bunch of John Wesley's and Samantha's running all the churches across the world, it would be a very dull church. Maybe I should have just said my name and not hers. (laughs) But that's what I love about the body of Christ, the body of Christ, is you can be you and I can be me. And we're going to accomplish what God wants us to do because we're the body. That's called community. That's what a healthy element looks like. We want a large reach. We need a healthy environment in here before we bring people in here. Because guess what? If there's discord, they're not going to want to hang out with us. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to bring them into that element. So, unity releases the authority and the blessing of God to reach our world for the gospel. If we don't stand together, we will fall alone. Unity creates a supernatural energy... That the anointing of God does what we could never do. Yes. So let's, let's, let's just think about this for a minute. Let's just pause. If you allow the supernatural energy of God to come upon you. and he asks you to maybe, I don't know, give someone encouragement at work. Maybe send somebody some money or whatever it may be. And they ask you, why are you doing this? That's an open door. So think about that, guys. We can absolutely take what God is going to do with us, take that anointing and that blessing. When you have something prompted, don't pause and not do it. Do it, because you never know what that person might need. So you have the authority, you have the anointing, you have the blessing to step out. But what I love about this, even more than that, is it's all on His supernatural power. I don't have to rely on my fleshly power. I don't have to rely on what I think is best. I've been there and done that and talked to God about that a thousand times. And guess what, guys? I am always losing that war. Every time. I always lose that war. So just allow God to use you in those moments. Now, let's talk about the thought and unpack this just a little bit. The work of the gospel is not hindered by what the world does. It's hindered by what the church does. Hmm. That's a big pill to swallow, but I believe that we're mature enough spiritually to talk about this. Because we're talking about community. We want to have authentic, real conversations for the next five weeks. We had a great first week. Let's not just say, hey, woo, week one's over. Let's just ride this out. No, how about we go a little bit deeper? So nothing stuns the growth of the church like division and discord. Hmm. It's easy to blame the world and say the reason that the church is not growing is because, of the, because the world resists. Let, let me just kind of give you a clue. The world has always resisted the church. If you don't believe me, read your Bible. If you don't believe me, just read the Gospels of what Jesus had to walk through. If you don't believe me, call me tomorrow after to work tomorrow. Look, there's always going to be resistance. But here's what I want to talk about just for a second. We're talking about the church, we're talking about growing in community. And the devil wants to take discord and division inside of this room, and he wants us to butt heads. He wants us to destroy one another. He wants us to get to the point where I'm so frustrated with you that I forget the big picture that he's called us to as a body to reach out there. Look, we need to stop worrying about this so much. Yes, there's always going to be a little bit of differences. If you've ever been in any relationship, there's a difference. Period. Whether you're married, whether you're dating, whether you have a kid. My son Jude thinks that something should happen in one way and he just don't realize that it's going to hurt him. There's a difference there. But I want to just pause and realize that if we can con- continually stay in harmony and work through our differences in a way that's healthy that God's put us in, then our reach is going to be consistently bigger. And then let me put it to you like this. The responsibility lies on us, guys. It's not their job to communicate the gospel. It's not their job to talk about what Jesus did. It's not their job to be on one, in one um One purpose, pushing one vision of what Jesus has done for us. It's not theirs. It's ours. So, yeah, like, you know, we played with Legos and ate all the cool, all the stuff yesterday. They did it. That was awesome. That was just one way that we get to love in our community. And we do that in a bunch of different ways. But I think that the enemy wants us to focus internally about discord. And then we just don't get anything accomplished. I don't know about you, but what I love about, individually, about our church Is that we're a generational church. Last time I got to hang out with you guys and spoke. We talked about different elements of being that. But I see that every week. Through and through. How we're a generational church. And guess what that means guys. When all the kids that are in there playing with toys are in here. It's going to continue to go. And that's us making sure that we are in harmony. And not in discord and division. So let's look at our next point. So we reach out better together we reach out together through prayer we pray for one another for those who don't know jesus and for the opportunity to share the gospel now i want to pause right there for a second how many of you guys show of hands if you want if you're brave enough get up every day and go god give me an opportunity to share your love give me an opportunity to share hey you know what one two three four five that's awesome guess what guys i'm gonna be honest with you i struggle with that but if I can know, I love what this whole point is. If I can know that my community's praying for me, praying for the lost, and then praying for the opportunity, guess what? That means that there's multiple elements of prayer being built for us to share the gospel. That means we pray for one another. And then we pray for, guess what? The lost. That they would be prompt to be willing to receive the truth. Because I don't know about you, but being corrected is not always fun. I do that a lot every Wednesday with students, but guess what? It's because I want them to be authentic, and I have their best um, interest, and I want them to succeed. So if we don't correct them now, guess what? They'll be heathens later. So we just need to realize that if people are praying for us, praying for the lost and praying for that opportunity, now you're not just anointed with the blessing. Now you got people backing you in prayer, and now you have no reason not to do it. Now you can go all the way and do what God has called you to do in that moment. Now... This past week in small groups, we clarified the circle of influence and we identified the people that need to know the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but I enjoyed my small group this past week. It's been like a couple of semesters since me and Samantha have been in one because we keep having babies, but, you know, praise God. Um, But I really enjoyed that, and I thought that was really cool that we just simply paused and we really just focused on who really needs to know the Lord through love. And we're going to continue that later this week. Through all you all small groups. But Colossians chapter 4 verse 2 through 4 says this. Devote yourself to prayer. With an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us too. That God will give us many opportunities to speak about Jesus. About, about the plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim the message as clear as possible that i will proclaim the message as clear as possible let me take a let me take a giant weight off of you if you would if the apostle paul is asking for prayer so he can communicate clearly guess what guys you don't have to have a podium you don't have to have a microphone you don't have to have a stage you just have to have guess what you and god you can just speak clearly You can just speak authentically of what God has done in your life. So it's just that simple. I think sometimes we make it so much larger than it is and we automatically disqualify ourselves when it's really just you speaking about what God does. You know one thing that I do, and if there's any students, you can plug your ears for a moment because I'm going to tell your parents my trick, is I will usually give them a perspective that's biblical and not use the address in the Bible. Because then they're like, man, that really sounds really good. And then when they're in their quiet time and eventually they read it, they're like, wow, that's a lot of truth there. So that's all you got to do, guys, is just open your mouth and speak what Jesus is doing. It's just that easy. I think it's really cool that if the Apostle Paul asked for that, how easy for us to take a deep breath and take that off of ourselves. Now, let me ask you this. What would happen if we took the next five weeks... And we earnestly prayed for one person that's in our family or on our prayer list or in our small group. What would happen if we prayed for them for doors of opportunities to just blow wide open? What do you think would happen? You know what I think would happen? I think authentically that we would have revival. That change would be broken. That souls would be saved. That there would be so much talk about Jesus Christ that the rest of the chaos that's coming across social media and every platform in this world would be so muted, but Jesus would be so much louder that it would mute that. If we authentically would pray for that, would pray for that one person, and then for the next five weeks would authentically pray for them, and then they come here, there ain't no way we're all hanging out in one service. We're going to have to add another service. And then guess what? If they do it, and then they do it, and then all the math petitions can do their job, because I'm not one, I would love for us to be able to build buildings that could not contain what God is doing. I think it's really cool that we can just take that moment, and like, we keep relationships through healthy conversations, and doing acts of service like uh, Chris talked about with going on, you know, mission trips and everything else. I think God would use us And it would really just mute everything else that the devil is trying to put on display. Or if you would, in a headliner. Because the biggest thing that I deal with with students is they won't read past the headliner. If it doesn't captivate them immediately, they're done. But I don't know about you, but the more and the more deep I go into what God is asking me to do, to pray for someone or speak to someone or get bold to talk to them about anything that they're going through and then allow me just to love on them. There's no limit of what God could do. There's around us. Meeting the physical needs opens spiritual doors. Now, I had a lady come up to me after first service, and I'm not going to say where she works. She works at Walmart, so you can go just give her a high five. And you might know who she is, and you might not. But she, um, they have, a, I guess, a big board, she was saying, in the back or whatever, in like her... Um, manager has everybody's names and he puts beside their name like what they like to do or whatever and her name's down there and it just says pray 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 because everybody knows that she's a christian and she has this girl that she absolutely just loves and she just came to her and she was just crying her eyes out a couple weeks ago and she said hey look um my my, my husband had to have his shoulder scanned because they're gonna have to do some surgery on his shoulder and um the scan showed that something popped up on his lungs And and she said, we're going tomorrow to see what it's really all about. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for us? I don't know about you guys, but she didn't have to go knock at a door. The door came to her. The door was in her court. So she prayed, of course. She said the very next, well, actually two days later when that lady come back to work, she said, let me tell you what happened. They actually said it was a glitch in their system. He had no spot in his lungs. He looked her in the face and she looked her in the face and said, no, nah, I don't know if that was it, but I think God healed him immediately. Amen. See, that's the moment. See, when you meet people's just simple needs will allow those doors to just blow wide open. And guess what, guys? When it's more in your court, you're a little bit more comfortable, right? Like if I was to invite you over to my house later on, I'm not going to give you my address, but you would probably be just, you know, you'd probably sit the co- on the coaster. You'd probably not put your feet on the couch or whatever. But if we are in your house you'd be doing whatever you wanted to, right? Because you're comfortable. So think about that. If, if we pray like we talked about a minute ago, and then we meet the needs, it's always going to be in our court. And we're going to get the opportunity to love on people like we ought to. Now, I think James chapter 2, verse 14 and 16 paints a beautiful picture for us. And it says this. What good does it, dear brothers and sisters, if we say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions? Mm. Can that kind of faith save anyone? Surely you see, my brothers and sisters, who has no food or clothes. And you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? See, guys, she met that girl's physical needs. She said she had hundreds of conversations with her. And then when her husband had to go to the hospital, she came to her. Because she knew that she had faith. That she knew that she was a part of a body, a part of a community of faith. And I think that's what we can do. Now, I was in small group last week, and we were talking about the element of like how you could show love. And my buddy Brian mentioned about like how he feels like we just all day, every day have a thousand things to do and we're just always caught up in what we're supposed to do and we get so caught up that we miss the opportunity. And he said this, and it just stuck in my mind. He said this, he said, sometimes we just need to be in the moment. Sometimes we just need to be in the moment. If that lady that was at work not in the moment, she would have missed the opportunity. And then a few people later, and Samantha was sitting beside me, she went next. And she said, sometimes just being with who's in front of you. Yes, you have meetings, you have responsibilities, you're supposed to be places. But sometimes if you just took 60 seconds and just be with who's in front of you and pause for just a moment, especially if they start talking and start, start talking about their needs, you'd be shocked what God would allow you to do. Just through a few encouraging words. Now I'm going to ask Ms. Tanya to come up on stage and she's going to give her testimony about what it looks like to go from chaos... To being restored almost overnight. Now I want you guys to give her your undivided attention. Take it away Miss Tanya.
1: Thank you. Good morning. Um, I'm grateful to be here this morning. We serve a strategic God. I truly believe that in my whole heart. Especially when I read what I'm about to read. Because it was in that one moment. One person through the community and the church, met my need. So I won't take but just a minute or two. But um, on April 27, 2011, disaster struck our small town of Arab and its surrounding communities, including Coleman County, Morgan County, and Marshall County. Sixty-two tornadoes stretched across Alabama. It was awful. Lives were taken, homes destroyed, families were left with nothing but hopelessness, but God. It didn't take long for churches, businesses, and neighborhoods to start joining together and extending whatever resources they had to those who were in need. There was a great mission of mercy, love, grace, and compassion ahead while all of these communities, and with God going before us, We would have the victory of rebuilding homes and lives. Meanwhile, I had my own personal disaster that had nothing to do with tornadoes, but rather a broken home. In the midst of the chaos from the storms, I had to pack myself and my three young kids at the time up and move in with a friend. The house I once knew as our home would no longer be a safe place for myself or my kids. Liberty Church had become a strategic hub in the community for meals, bedding, resources, prayers, and whatever else was needed to help sustain hurting families during the aftermath of the tornadoes. I remember sitting at one of the tables watching so many things happening. People were smiling, eating, worshiping. There was hope. It was like the community was donating to the church to help the families in the community. One was a catalyst for the other. My friend Wendy came to me and led me to Curtis Snyder. She explained to him mine and my children's situation. In that moment, God showed up in my life in a way I never expected. I went from being homeless with three kids to having a two-bedroom, one-bath home ready to move into. There were shovels, rakes, blankets, clothes, foods, baby items, Just so many things donated from people in the community to the church. And Curtis looked at me with so much compassion, and he told me to get whatever I needed to help me rebuild my life with my kids. From that moment, I knew God was with me, and and he was using the church and the community as a vessel to equip me to succeed with starting over. That's why community matters to me. It starts within ourselves with God, grows in circles with small groups, reaches beyond the church doors, and puts love into action. Matthew 25, 40. And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Thank you.
0: Amen. Y'all get up for Miss Tanya. That's awesome. Good job, Miss Tanya. Love you. See, I think what she said, and I think it's beautiful, is we reach out together. I wasn't here at Liberty Church at that time, but she said in her testimony that we were a hub. That people in the community were given to the church. So people that were in chaos or lost their homes knew where to go. She went from being homeless with three kids to overnight had a house. And like, I don't know about you guys, but I've never had someone come up to me and say, hey, whatever you see in this room, take it. Walmart don't do that. Lowe's don't do that. Amazon sure don't do that. But that's what we do. That's what a community of believers can offer is a place of hope. So, Ms. Tanya, what a beautiful, beautiful testimony. So, And 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 and 18, it just paints a beautiful picture to kind of back up what she was saying. Says, we know that says, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother and sister in need, but shows no compassion by our actions. Guys, that day as a church, we can take pride in knowing that we showed people by our actions. We showed people that this was a safe place. This was an authentic place. And that's just part of her testimony. There ain't no telling what happened days and months after leading up, but she knew that she could come here and have authentic, real conversations that people would love her. Now, let's look at our next point. We reach out together by sharing our stories. Your testimony, just like hers, inspires hope, releases faith, and creates a path for others to come to Christ. Come to God. Come to Jesus. Come to hope. Whatever you want to put there. So let's think about this for a moment. Every time that you speak about your story, it's kind of funny how I was doing all that earlier to kind of get to this point, that you would realize that every time that you open your mouth about something that God's done in your life, how that could shape someone's thought pattern. So let's look at Psalms 107 verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their stories, those he redeemed from the hands of the foe. Every time you share your story to someone, someone thinks like this. If God could do that, maybe God could do that for me. If God could deliver that person and it be a glitch and it not be cancer, it not be something in his lung. I wonder what he would do for me. I wonder if I could ask God just like they asked God. But they can only have that thought if you talk. You have to talk about your testimony. You have to speak. The Lord has redeemed you. If you claim to be a son or daughter of Jesus Christ, he has redeemed you. Your story went from death to life. So guess what, guys? Talk about it. Speak about it. Let's not be a mute church. Let's be a very active pro-life church that loves people and loves where they're at and wants to see them go from death to life. Amen? Let's do that. Let's be real. And I want to just put it to you like this. Your story becomes a stepping stone for others to come to Christ. Sometimes it might just be what you went through to get someone's thought pattern, thought process to change and be like, if they did it, then I could do it. Hmm. And I want to put it to you like this don't disqualify your story. Don't sit there and go, well, my little story don't matter. I have to sit in the back. I can't say nothing. Don't disqualify your story. Because your story might be the key to someone's freedom. And God's just ready to use you. All you got to do is be willing. Amen. So let's look at our next point. We reach out together by nurturing friendships. Within and without. Jesus had a community of faith. But he was also a friend of sinners. Guys, he was a friend of sinners. And I'm going to ask my buddy Jasper to come up on stage. And as he's coming, I'm going to read this scripture to you. So Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24 says a man who has friends must himself be friendly but those who but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother now jasper's going to tell us a little bit of his story and how he's got some people in his life that help him walk every day that pushes him closer to jesus so y'all give y'all's attention to mr jasper
2: Howdy, y'all. My name's Jasper Bridges, if you don't know me. And if you don't, I'd like to get to know you more, if possible. Uh, um, When I was asked to give this testimony, I was excited to get up here and speak because I had a lot to say on the subject, but I'm going to try and keep it small for y'all. The first reason why community matters to me is because of the necessity of being called out and called up in your daily life. Uh, Finding that group of friends that God has for you is extremely important for the walk of a believer. Uh, Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen helps me to remember that. The second reason is because of the necessity of fellowship between believers. The people we choose to spend our time with uh, is incredibly important. Uh, every interaction and moment we have is sending us closer or further out in our walk with the Lord. So it's important to make sure that we're getting as close as we can through the relationships in our life. Both of these points are something I came to realize when I restarted my walk with Jesus Christ. Uh, at the last encounter, I rededicated my life to the Lord. Uh, I tried to keep my feet in both worlds, though, so to speak. Um, I wanted to try and be godlier, but I also wanted to try and stay in that world, so I hung out with both friends, but I later learned that that just didn't work for me. So I decided to spend my time with the godlier of the group, of the two groups, um, but I still tried faking my way through it. Um, not in a million years did I believe anyone was seeing what I was doing, though. Uh, I was wrong Um, that friend group called me out and called me up Uh, so then I didn't know what to do but luckily God had a plan he uh, presented a mentor to my life uh, that had and has a lot to teach me Uh, that one person was a constant uh, challenge to me questioning the ideas that I had and that weren't godly and called me to a better spot Uh, God also gave me that group of friends to call me out and call me up. They also were a constant challenge on me, uh, growing me into who I am right now and to who I will be in the future. Um, with their help in pulling me along, I didn't even have to act like who God wanted me to be because it was just coming to me inherently. Um, with the help of a good and gracious God, an awesome mentor, and a great group of friends, I learned how to worship and praise in all the things I do.
0: So, one thing that Jasper said that I thought was really neat was he got called up and called out. And then he had a mentor. He had someone that was willing to have those unfun conversations. Rick Warren says this, I can never win my enemies to Christ, but I can only win my friends. So guess what, guys? If you're friends with someone, you probably know their good side and their bad side. So why don't you go ahead and just call them up and call them out? Or call them out and call them up? Because you, we need people. That's a, that's a clear image of what real authentic relationship, friendships can do for your life. So let me put it to you like this. When we have nurturing friendships, we gain influence. But influence with people that are in our life and the closest people to our lives, that's who we have the most influence with. Let me put it to you like this. No friendships, no relationships equals no influence. Friendships and relationships equals influence. If you are sitting in this room and you have, like I said earlier, already disqualified yourself then this is going to be really hard for you to really process and put into play in your life. Because guess what, guys? You have influence no matter what you do. No matter where you go, someone's always watching you. You're already a step ahead of someone, and someone's always a step ahead of you, and that's where you get influence, right? So let's not be ignorant to think that people are not behind us looking at us. Let's have those mentors. Let's have those people that call us out and call us up, just like Mr. Jasper. Man, I thought that was a beautiful, beautiful testimony. So let's look at our last scripture, First Corinthians chapter nine, starting in verse nineteen. I thought, I thought, I, oh, excuse me. Even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like the Jews to bring them to Christ. When I was with those who followed the Jewish laws, I lived under that law, even though I am not subject to that law. I do this because I do this so I can bring them to Christ, those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles, I do not follow the Jewish laws. I live apart from the law so that I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share in their weakness. I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. The Apostle Paul is trying to show us that we need to find common ground with everyone. Now, we are not to you know, disqualify. We are not to say, well, if if I can do this in their life to try to bring them to Christ, we're not walking away from what God has told us to do. That's not what Paul is asking us to do. Paul is asking us to look for connections. We're not to go from one standard that God's called us to, that we know what the truth is, to walk in a new standard. No, we're to go and to find something common with them to bring them to the new truth. To reveal to them what real, authentic freedom looks like through Jesus. I love that he went from, I'm not a slave to anyone, but I'm a slave to all people. I'm a free man, but I'm really a slave to all so I can bring them to Christ. Look, we all know what it was like to be broken, to be falling apart and not know where to go. And some of us have had seasons where you walk through it and it's difficult. And you ask, God, where are you? But that's when you need the people the most to pour into you and say, you know what? You've got a community of people. They're praying for you. They're with you. They're for you. They're calling you out and calling you up. They're praying for you. The opportunity's coming. Don't give up. But I think we can do a lot of things. We can argue doctrine. We can argue the way it should look like. We should argue the way it could look like. It could do all those things. But let me ask you this. Are we, argue, are we trying to win an argument? Or are we focused on winning souls? Because when you take that perspective and you flip it, you go from we need to be doing this, this, and this, and it's all temporary stuff to winning souls about eternal stuff. And being focused on what God has called us to be as a community will empower us and cause us to be healthier, to reach out further, to bring more people. That way when you... And anointings because of the one thing that you said. And they're going to give you a high five and be like, thank you. And you're going to be like, who are you? That could be moments. And you could come up with a thousand different other ones. But those are moments that being in an authentic, real community creates. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up. They're going to lead us in one song. And I want you to do this. If you have anything, anything that you need prayer for, please come up and ask for prayer. If you need help in maybe connecting with a small group, or maybe you need prayer for encouragement to open up more in small group, look, I'm going to put it to you like I put the students, and it's really easy. What you put in is what you're going to get out. I can preach to you till I'm blue in the face, but what you put in is what you're going to get out. And I promise you, Just like Pastor Keith said last week, we have prayed for weeks and months leading into this element of 40 days of community. Six weeks. Really just one night a week of everyone's week. Six opportunities that you're going to get to hang out with people. So please, please don't walk out of here the same as you walked in. Let God prompt you. Have that moment. These people know exactly what it's like. That's why they're up here and they're willing to pray for you. So let's go to the Lord and worship.
3: Humbly I stand. it over to Jesus.
0: I want to do one final thing. everyone would just bow their heads they're going to continue to pray and don't miss your opportunity. Don't rush out of here. But I want to do one last thing. Maybe today you just are like, man I've never been part of a community. I've never had people pray for me. I've never even been part of like what it means to be authentically you know in a community that has just love and compassion for one another like you've been talking about. Maybe today's your day. You've been sitting there the whole time just waiting for this moment. This is what I want you to do. We're all going to say this prayer, but if you would raise your hands, there's going to be ushers that's going to slip a little packet and it's going to give you your next steps. So let's just all pray this collectively. Say, Dear Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you and we accept you. We thank you for what Jesus did on the cross. We thank you that he walked in authentic ways sinless life Lord I accept you as my Lord and Savior and I'm going to follow you for the rest of my days in Jesus name Amen